0: It
1: is Friday, August 12th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to episode 14 of our Team Insider Series. I'm your host, Matt Shoff. With me, as always, is Jared Smolin. Joining us today is Cowboys reporter for the Dallas Morning News, Michael Gelkin. Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to join us.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. We got some questions for you because this Cowboys offense is controversial, but I guess as a Cowboys writer, you're probably used to some controversy around the team, even if it's kind of this fabricated stuff from fantasy folks. No comment. How has, first of all, Ezekiel Elliott looked in camp now that we all know that that, that PCL injury was part of last season? How has he looked this year? Any different from during last season?
0: You know, I, I've wanted to cross-check it with a coach or two just to see if my eyes match up the film when the coaches get a chance to evaluate practice. But I thought the final two padded practices that the Cowboys had in Oxnard were his best practices, which is a good thing. If he's continuing to get stronger as the season nears, uh, that's what you want. I I, I, I think overall, uh, you know, Zeke has been very impressive in Cowboys training camp. They've been very mindful of, you know, really – as best as they can, there was a period where they only had three running backs available, but overall, being mindful there's a workload. You see a lot of you know Tony Pollard and some of these younger backs, Rico Daddle, a couple of undrafted rookies, they're mixing these guys in a lot, so they're not uh, you know just getting all this unneeded unne- wear and tear mm-hmm. on Ezekiel Elliott in August. They're, they're keeping the, the season in mind, but um, I think when you look at not only how he's looked in practice, the fact he's practiced every single day. But the way that the Cowboys are talking about Tony Pollard's usage, it's, it's very clear that Ezekiel is, is a big part of this offense.
1: Is Zeke still showing off his abs as much as usual? as usual, Or is he trying to hide them more as he gets older like the rest of us?
0: I don't think I've seen in the Zeke abdominal muscle uh, all summer. So I, I don't Uh-oh. know. But I I would not read into that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I might have to decide after the show just how I'm going to analyze that portion of it. But you mentioned Tony Pollard. And, of course, he's the guy that fantasy owners all over the place have been waiting for to explode. Has his usage in this camp looked significantly different than it did either heading into last season or during last season?
0: Well, no, but that is not reason to be concerned. So the Cowboys have taken a real... All right, let's roll up our sleeves and figure this out approach to Tony Pollard's usage. In week 17 last year against the Cardinals, a pivotal game for Dallas, they lost, and Tony Pollard had six touches. After they rested him uh, in the week eighteen game against the Eagles, they had their first round playoff game against the 49ers. Tony Pollard, six touches, another Cowboys loss. That was that was the note on which they entered the offseason. They understood that they needed to do a better job as a staff of involving Tony Pollard, not just mixing him in. In terms of running back carries, but really finding ways to, creative ways to get he and Tony, he and Ezekiel Elliott on the field at the same time. We've had, and I just reported this uh, the other day Kyle Valero is an offensive assistant on the Cowboys coaching staff. He is the private tutor to Tony Pollard, uh, getting them up to speed, uh, different aspects of the route tree, different aspects of understanding the why to the passing game, uh, to get him uh, antiquated and transitioning to more of a slot wide receiver role. Now it's not his primary position. It's not something people should get carried away over. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard is still in the running back meetings. He's still working with Skip Pete and all that. But these sessions have been pretty consistent between meetings uh, for the Cowboys. So they're making a real emphasis. You're probably going to see more 21 personnel than you have in the past, where you know Tony Pollard and Ezekiel are on the field at the same time, and not just. Uh, Tony Pollard having a more expansive route tree from the slot, but also do some things in terms of jet motion, some misdirection, uh, really testing defenses laterally as well as vertically. And so, this is different. I know people have heard it before, where the Cowboys talk about, "Oh yeah, you yeah, know, we could we need to involve Tony Pollard. We need to involve Tony Pollard uh, right now." Uh, this is this is different, and so uh, we'll we'll see exactly how it goes. And it's uh, lastly worth noting, uh, Cowboys wide receiver position has some questions. So by moving Tony Pollard situationally into a slot role it also kind of lightens uh the maybe command that you're asking of of a very young wide receiver for
1: michael i'm not sure how deep you are in with fantasy football people but (laughs) we all we do is get carried away we're basically hot air balloons and partial reports are our fuel
0: if i was not an nfl reporter i would be a fantasy football writer uh, (laughs) or fantasy baseball probably some combination of it so you can you can PPR and in, in, in ADP me all day. I'm, I'm right there with you. So uh, I can yeah, speak the awesome. language, and I definitely am aware of the application of Tony Pollard's usage to fantasy <laughs> league, certainly in PPR league. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're wondering if this is all just smoke or if you should elevate him into in your pre-draft rankings, I would say you should go ahead and elevate him. Um, it, 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 if the format provides uh, in terms of rewarding uh, receptions, I do think Tony Pollard is, is going to see a little bit more there. But if, again, it's not just receptions. It could be touches as well with some of the re- re- running aspects that the Cowboys can do.
1: Uh-oh, Jared didn't need a nudge in that direction, so we'll see how this <laughs> he's goes. Already,
2: he's already up there for us. You, uh, you alluded to the wide receiver situation there there's a lot of questions um let's start with Michael Gallup you know how is he progressing from the ACL injury last year and then you know, I think he's basically said he's not going to be there for week one you know what's your best guess for when Gallup will debut this season
0: I would think I I, I wouldn't want to give you an exact week but I to me to me it seems more likely than not that he starts the season on the physically unable to perform list which would require him to miss the first four games of the regular season, at which point he's eligible to be activated at any point thereafter. Um, but I think that is probably likely. Um, this based on my impression. I saw a report that Gallup would be upset if he was to start the season on PUP. Based on my private conversations, that's not correct. Um, so he understands that, you know, it's a process to come back from February ACL surgery. Uh, it wasn't just the ACL, it was the MCL that he – he, he damaged in on January 2nd game when scoring a touchdown. So it's a, it's a process and he's engaged in that process and he's come a long way on the rehab field with Cowboys director of rehabilitation for Brown, uh, clearly making some strides in, in the type of work and cuts that he's doing. But, you know, we're, we're talking right now, it's around mid-August and, you know, September 11th, start of the season is coming. And, you know, even if he's making progress, you know, this is still someone who hasn't practiced since January, hasn't worn pads since January and, uh, so I, I think it's fair to expect uh, him to kind of come into the fold you know, closer as we get into October.
2: And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he didn't have his surgery until early February, correct? He had to That's wait correct. a few weeks. Yeah,
0: yeah there, there was some swelling for, with, the, with the MCL. It's just is common where you wait a little bit, but the wait was a little bit longer than I think people sometimes associate with ACL tears. But by waiting for the procedure, it, it really eased the process post-op. And so the, the rehab has gone really well and it probably wouldn't be going this well. If he, he, they just jumped into surgery, you know, a week or Got two it. after the tear.
2: So no Michael Gallup for the start of the season. I think James Washington's probably doubtful for the start of the season. Who do you think is going to be this team's second and third wide receivers? I guess, besides, besides Tony Pollard.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I would say, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't even put Paul in that conversation because I really want to be, let's wait and see exactly what they want to do with this stuff. This was personnel grouping. Um, but C.D. Lamb, obviously, is, is established one, so we don't need to talk about him. Um, I think Noah Brown, first name to me that comes to mind. You, know, you look at the wide receiver, uh, wide receivers that the Cowboys have. Other than C.D. Lamb, the only one who's ever caught a pass in a game from Dak Prescott is Noah Brown. In that chemistry, he's had a really strong camp. He's lighter. Um, he's, he's just been fairly consistent. So I would say he comes to mind. Uh, the rookie third-round pick, Jalen Tolbert, does as well. Um, he can really stretch the field. He can go up and get it. Uh, a lot of 50-50 balls that seem to just kind of fall his way based on the way he tacks the ball in the air. A lot of deep over routes. And so um, I, I just don't know. If, if I was in a PPR, PPR league, I, I'm not sure about his volume. I'd have questions and concerns going into it. I'd probably leave him in for agency unless I'm in a really, really deep league. And even then, um, probably not someone I would exactly target right now based on what we've seen without the preseason. So um, Noah Brown is probably where my attention goes, goes first if, if I'm looking at the Cowboys wide receiver position. And then, you know, I probably keep my eye on a guy like Simi Fajoko, a 2021 fifth-round pick out of Stanford. Really didn't do anything as a rookie. Uh, in you know, Training camp, you're kind of looking for him. Uh, but he just jumps out here in this summer where, you know, his size, his speed, uh, he just, although working mostly with the twos, has been someone who's been one of the Cowboys' most improved players.
2: I, I liked Fajoko coming out of Stanford, so I'm happy to hear that. And it's interesting your point on Tolbert because he's the guy fantasy drafters are flocking to is like, you know, that the guy you're, you're going to want for the start of the season. So it sounds like Noah Brown could be the super deep sleeper. Um, how about the Cowboys offensive line? You know, they lost Lyle Collins and Connor Williams this offseason. Do you you know see that unit taking a step back and it being an issue at all for this offense?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think depth is a concern. Uh, you know, what does it look like, at, you know, if one of the tackles go down um, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, it could be a real problem. Um, the, the, youth at left guard between Connor McGovern, uh, who's seen a lot of the first team reps. And then the guy who I expect ultimately to win the job is Tyler Smith, you know, Cowboys first round draft pick. They drafted him understanding as a former tackle out of Tulsa, uh, whose technique was very raw, whose penalty count was extremely high. A lot of that was just because of aggression, but still, uh, his, you know, he just technically was a really, really a raw player. And so they're giving him a chance to compete. And I expect he'll win that competition uh he's so physical he's very athletic uh, I think the run game should be strong in terms of blocking from the get-go um so I I, I don't worry about it as much then it's more about protection and how you know how this offensive line can kind of hold up at different points but uh, I think overall it's, it's a solid unit not the elite unit that the Cowboys used to you know have in 18 you know 17 and around that era uh but there's there's some upside, but some concern as you kind of look at the the, the, the the lack of depth and some of the inexperience.
1: I think that Noah Brown tip is exactly why we're doing these shows, Jared. That's because, uh, you know, nobody is on Noah Brown and lots of people like Jalen Tolbert. So I appreciate that. And Michael, I appreciate you spraying some cold water at Jared when he wanted to make Tony Pollard the number two wide receiver on this team. That <laughs> was, was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> Now though, I'm going to throw one more abbreviation at you because you talked PPR and ADP, but now it's time for IDP because I got a couple of defensive questions and I want to know first, which edge player, aside from DeMarcus Lawrence, of course, do you expect to see the most playing time for this Cowboys defense?
0: And so just to be clear, because this player is situationally an edge. We're not talking about Micah Parsons, correct?
1: Right. Not Micah Parsons.
0: Okay. Um, and so you get the right side of the offensive or right side of the defensive line opposite to Marcus Lawrence. You have Dante Fowler. You have Dorance Armstrong. You have rookie second round pick Sam Williams. Those are your options uh, From which I would choose Dante Fowler. Um, you know, he's someone who I, I, I imagine his analytic type stats in terms of his, his pressures, unless his sacks will probably show up. But if I'm having a pick, I, I would go him. You know, he's someone who's, He's got a 10 sack season under his belt. He's had a good camp. He was really active on, on Thursday in the Cowboys' joint practices against joint practice against the Denver Broncos. Um, he, he's he's someone who's familiar with Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn's familiar with him. And so, in terms of you know keeping him multiple, keeping him on the move, uh, I, I I think Dante Fowler would be the if you're intent on investing on a, on the Cowboys' edge, uh, who's not Demarcus Lawrence. I would go Dante Fowler.
1: I'm glad you brought up Sam Williams, because I was going to ask you about him, too. Has he flashed? He's, the, of course, the second-round rookie. Has he flashed in this camp?
0: He has. I mean, you see his raw ability. You know, he's someone who's fairly new to the football sport, um, You know, didn't pick it up until late high school. Uh, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence called him a pit bull. Uh, he's just a young pup who's super athletic, super physical, um, but he's learned how to rush at an NFL level. And it's it's different than old Miss. It just is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you give me a, <laughs> there's no such thing, I hope, as a, as a keeper format where Sam Williams is someone that you, you stash in hopes of him producing for you in 2024. Uh, but I, I do believe that he's, he's got a really high ceiling that I mean, his speed is just naturally going to fall in, him into some place, even when he's kind of learning the NFL speed. But um, I I would probably have some reservations about him in an IDP format just because he's he's probably going to have more of a situational role. And so I don't expect him to be a guy who's going to rack up a whole bunch of tackles unless he's thrown into a a larger role because of injuries. Yeah, there is absolutely that kind of format, by the way. And we will uh, stash
1: him and see what happens in a year or two. That was that was my guess on him. So we shouldn't expect much this
0: year. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair instinct there.
1: (laughs) And then I think my only other real question on this Cowboys defense is, will there be any other linebacker besides Micah Parsons who gets near full playing time, like 75% plus of the snaps in this defense?
0: They do a lot of dime. Um, they're in their big nickel. You know, It's not like you're going to have three linebackers on the field a whole lot unless Micah Parsons is, is down at defensive end, which will happen a good amount. And then you could see Leighton Vander and Anthony Barr, the new addition, who I haven't even seen practice yet. He hasn't practiced since he got here because of, because of a ramp-up program. But I, I think Anthony Barr, Leighton Van Esch, um, you know, these are players to kind of keep an eye on, maybe stream based on injuries if, if someone's unavailable, then, then suddenly, you know, they're wearing the, the, the dot and then they're going to be on the field a whole lot. But the way the Cowboys use their safeties, um, you know, they, they're on the field a lot, as we saw with Jaron Kirst last year. So I would probably not – I mean, unless I'm in a really deep league, um, you know, but otherwise I don't think I would target uh, a Cowboys linebacker not named Micah Parsons, who's a freak of nature and I would think would be one of the most valuable players in an IDP format in terms of defenders. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I'm not sure yet uh, as to whether or not I I would go ahead and target one of
1: those guys yeah that was my feeling on it too and the i think the only problem with parsons is he might just be too good at too many things if only if he could sit at one spot and just score there he might even be even better than if he were switching between dn and linebacker but he certainly carries a lot of value who is wearing the green dot most often is it jaron curse
0: uh curse has worn it a good amount yeah uh they they kind of you know it's three guys can wear wear it once and so it, it kind of it goes around and it's it's uh I think, I think it's important in terms of, okay, the guy's wearing a green dot, and obviously he's going to be on the field a whole lot. But in terms of all the things to watch during training camp practice, it's not something I put a ton of emphasis on. Um, but, yeah, you'll see different guys in practice where, where the dot kind of cycle it around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can understand how that might not be the, the kind of thing that's
1: a focal point too often. Um, but I appreciate all the insight both on offense and defense he is the Cowboys reporter for the Dallas morning News you can follow him on Twitter at gelkin It's g e h l k e n nFL Michael Gelkin thanks again for taking the time to join us today
0: My pleasure my my final thought if I can yeah yeah my, my MVP at training camp is michael Parsons this guy I, I wouldn't be scared away by the, the his his myriad roles like he's he's unlike anything i've I've seen uh he's a he's a freak. Uh, in terms of what he does off the edge, even linebacker half of the sacks came off the ball last year. Um, he's he's I mean, the conversation of best NFL defenders. I realize it starts with Aaron Donald as it should, but after that, I think it's very soon it'll be fashionable to to say Michael Parsons is, is 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 that high that that elite.
1: I agree. I mean, I headed into last season a little bit hesitant because he had the year off in football because it wasn't exactly clear what role he was going to play. But he kind of reminded you that if somebody is just uh, an athletic freak and a football talent freak that you just bet on that as opposed to worrying about the minor things and they'll get sorted out as long as the team isn't stupid with them.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of guys, those things that seem minor do matter. But when a guy is this unique it's just, it's uh, yeah. I, I think he'd be he'll be a fun player own an IDP.
2: Mm-hmm. He was such a stud at Penn State too. That's like the NFL just overthought that one, letting him letting him draft the Cowboys. What was it at like 14th overall or, or something? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, again, Michael, we really appreciate all your insight today. Thanks very much for taking the time.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.
1: You can find every episode of the Team Insider series and all of our podcasts on the Draft Sharks YouTube channel, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you like to get your podcasts. Please subscribe like rate review us on your chosen app. Um, so you can not only get every episode but you can help more people find us. We really appreciate appreciate you listening and helping us grow. For our guest Michael Gelkin, for Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shop saying thanks so much for joining with us.